Welcome to The Sib List. My name is Lisa Leahy. And I am Mark Passanelli. And with each new episode, we will leave the identification of our next title up to fate. So here are the categories. New release. Then we have the fill-in filmography. So the filmography has films from every imaginable genre. Lisa and I created our own separate list. The randomizer is going to pick one of these Doom movies that we have sworn to ourselves we would never watch. See, I take full pride in making sure that you have seen good movies. But the list of movies I have seen and can say I actually enjoy may even appall you more because a lot oh, of them are actually it. on your list. The Sib List. Two siblings, four movie lists, one podcast. Catch us on your favorite podcatcher today. To do the Boston accent or not to do the Boston accent? That's what I've been asking myself as I write these words and even as I say them. I probably shouldn't because it's not a great Boston a- accent, but really, is any Boston accent great? While I contemplate this, I shall let you all in on a secret. In the long seven-episode history of the show, this is the first movie that I actually hadn't seen until I started planning this episode. Now, when it came out in 1997, I had no desire to see it. But as I get older, my taste in movies seems to be changing. Friends will send me trailers to terrible-looking horror movies all the time, saying things like, Ah, oh, you should watch this! And I'm like, nah, not tonight. I just got the third Thin Man movie in, and I'm, I'm gonna go watch that. <sighs> Jesus, what the fuck happened to me? Why am I getting so old? So, Jason, you're asking your iPod or Bluetooth speaker? If you hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting, why are you covering it on your 90s movie podcast? I thought you only talked about movies you've seen and loved. I want my money back! Well, you got a point, and the check is in the mail. Now here, on episode 7 of That's the Bomb, Yo, I shall declare the mission statement on this podcast. And it is threefold. One, to cover my favorite movies from the 90s. Two, to cover the best movies that I've seen from the 90s. And three, to watch highly regarded movies from the 90s that I haven't seen yet, but probably should have by this point in time. We just happened to come across the first of many on this 90 movie journey we are in the process of taking. Now I'm going to discuss the long process it took to make this movie later in the episode, but man, that could have been a movie unto itself. I will say that this was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who also star and co-star in this movie respectively. It also stars Stellan Skarsgård, which makes me wonder if this is a prequel to Thor, and features a award-winning performance by Robin Williams. Came out in December of 1997, was budgeted for $10 million, and it earned $225 million, which is impressive for a drama set in Boston. Now, this is directed by Gus Van Sant, and you'd think this would be a fancy movie, but it doesn't feel like a fancy movie. In fact, this movie takes place in two different types of settings. The high society of MIT and Harvard, and then you got South Boston. I've even called this Boston the movie at times because I felt like I was watching a documentary about four guys who live in Boston. I mean, they drink Dunkin', they get into fights, they go to bars, and they pick up women, they insult smart people... This movie is so Boston, I'm surprised Tom Brady doesn't show up at some point. Or Mark Wahlberg. Or Ben Affleck. Oh, wait. Alright, I don't have much else for this intro because anything else uh, about the movie I kind of want to get into in the actual episode. But to answer the question, 
Will I do the Boston accent? Oh, why not? Fackin' today, kid, I'm Das the Bomb, yo. I welcome podcaster John Paquette as we tell you why Goodwill Hunting is a hella rad movie from the 90s, ya loser. Yo, VIP. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Were you gonna plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own, as your own idea just to impress some girls? Embarrass my friend? Welcome to That's the Bomb, yo. 90 hella rad movies from the 90s. I am your host, Jason Soto. And today, my guest uh, is the host of the Lost Losers podcast, which can be found not only on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, and wherever else you get podcasts, but on uh, lostlosers.com. Please welcome John Paquette. Am I saying that right? Yeah, uh, quite close enough. Oh, okay. It up. My apologies. Good. I should have asked before the show. Don't even apologize for it. I'm used to it. I've gotten called everything from bucket to paquette. <laughs> I made I made a I made an educated guess. So and then I when, the, when I joined the Navy uh, day one of boot camp I got dubbed biscuit and I that was twenty something years ago and I haven't got rid of that fucking nickname from All right. people on this planet. So if you hear they'll hear this they're like that sounds like biscuit, biscuit. because it is motherfuckers biscuit only All those right. people get to call me that. So John is fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So my first question is obviously. I gotta ask, do you like apples? Oh, do you know oh, that's fucking that's the only scene in that movie. <laughs> Whenever when you bring up this movie, and everyone's like, "Oh, you like apples?" You're like, "I knew it." You, just, you don't. You go with that one. That's the line you go with, or that, or they'll just look at you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Okay, so I that's said. It. I said that this is the first time I've seen this movie. Yeah. I've not seen it before this. And I have heard the it's not your fault thing before, uh-huh. but I never knew it was from a movie. I just thought it was a general mental well-being type thing. Like, you know, hey, it's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. I had no idea they were re- – they. Or it could have been both. It could be both, right? It could be a, a you know, you know, therapy, mental wellness being thing, and it could be, hey, I'm quoting Goodwill Hunting. When you, 
if you're at the next time you're at the bar or you're out with your buddies or something like that and you see like after this movie like everybody like a couple of years like they kind of grew up with this movie like so i when i seen this movie i was like 16 17 years old when it came out uh-huh. i think i was like 16 <clears throat> and then like a couple of years later when you're starting to hang out with your buddies and your buddy gets mad and he's having to have women problems you just look at him just in this loving way and he's like hey man it's not your fault that <laughs> He starts laughing. He's like, yeah, no, "It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not. It's not your fault. It's and not your like, fault." And you're, "Fuck you, man!" And you get mad, and your buddy hugs it out. And you guys move on about whatever problems that else. And it's one of those things. It's great. It is one. It's not a mental health issue. I think you're right, but it, two, it references movies because then you get mad because it references the movie. Would would it's not your fault make a good bumper sticker? You just put it on a bumper sticker that just says it's not your fault. Yeah, not your fault. It's kind of like the new, like, shit happens. Yeah. I think just, that's what it was. It's not your fault. Not your fault. You know. I wonder if that was a thing in 97, if they actually put those on bumper stickers. We made, we made Goodwill hunting know. bumper stickers. They could have made a killing off something <clears> like that, if you want to think about it. Back in the day, merch was the way to go. Yeah, to go. yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. Okay. Um, so when I put the call out for, you know, hey, I need people to cover these movies, I don't have guests for this yet, you contacted me almost immediately, it was like, I want Goodwill Hunting. What's the reasoning for that? Is this, this like, your favorite movie? Like, what's up? My, so, you have, I have, like, probably about, everyone has, I would say, if you are a psychopath like me, you have about <laughs> five to ten movies when you're sick that you okay. go to. Okay. Goodwill Hunting is one of those sick movies. They're in oh. on the list of movies when I'm sick that I will go and sit and watch you. Or if I'm having a problem in my life, because when this movie came out, because of the character Will, that I everyone had those problems because I was at that age, and the things I was going through my life kind of mm-hmm. didn't mirror, <clears throat> but were similar. Okay. Uh, at that time, so you kind of really connected with that, and me personally kind of connected with that. So that's when those rough times when I was going through something similar to like that okay. uh, in my life, that's what Goodwill Hunting was drawn to. Like I knew it was like to kind of be on the streets on my own a little bit at that mm. time at a young age. I see. Okay. That's what it kind of drew to me. So that, I mean, it's a, and it's a fun, plus it's a really good movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let me, I'm going to probably keep bringing this up because people Go are going to be surprised that this is the first time I've seen the movie. And just, just you know, to answer any questions you're probably about to ask or anyone's going to ask, why now? Like, why have I not seen it till now? And the answer to that, honestly, is I'm not super into dramatic movies. I'm, I'm more of a horror guy. I'm more of a okay. comedy guy. I'm into sci-fi. And that's okay. kind of where it, it ends. Um, so when I see a trailer for a movie and it looks just like this straight-out drama about this guy who's good at math... And it just looks like it's a cry fest, you know. And like, I'm probably gonna avoid that. I'm gonna, I, since you're a comedy guy, and anybody here, I'm going to either ruin Goodwill Hunting for people. <laughs> Listen, I'm literally, it's going to ruin Goodwill Hunting for people, or it's going to open up a new light of the movie to people. Okay. Watch the. So did you watch it? Did you officially watch the movie? I watched the whole. Yeah, I watched the whole movie okay, before this episode. It. Yes. Okay, you watched it whole. It's yes. A good movie. It's kind of a little. It kind of slow, slow parts. It's perfectly shot. If you ever watched the Gus Van Sant movie, it's shot like a Gus Van Sant movie. Oh it yeah. It shows the neighborhoods. It kind of has those slow little boutique things like drugs like, uh, boys or my own private hideout. That's the other Gus Van Sant movies that could. Right. Those are the only three I can tell you. 
Okay. I've seen all, all three of them. I got a couple oh, more I can name. <laughs> I got a couple more. He did the remake of Psycho. <laughs> Those are the three I can name because it's kind of – He oh, did he the did remake that. of Psycho. That's another one he did too. Uh, yeah. He did a movie called Elephant. Uh, it's about okay. a it's a it's about a school shooting. And yeah. um, there's another one, and for, I I can picture the cover of it, but I can't. And I think it has Matt Damon in it, but I cannot think what the hell it's called. I have to look it up. But yeah, so those are the Gus Van Sant's that I know. So yeah, so here's how I'm gonna ruin the movie. Okay. You have to in, in, in the comedy way. You have to think about this guy was life was so terrible that he decided to teach himself math as a kid. No one likes math. I'm good at math and don't fucking like it. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. It's that bad. And then now that you go back and look at it, and at the same time, it's fucking Ben Affleck and it's terrible acting. <laughs> oh, well, okay, wait, wait. You think Ben Affleck is bad in this because movie? Because you go back and you – because no, okay, it's not. It's not because it's not. Ben Affleck is kind of almost over the top in some of his scenes. Like when he goes and hits on the women in the bar, right? Kind of does it. He's when he tells the joke or he's yelling. <laughs> he's almost. He's but, fashionably male, Ben Affleck. But could that just be because he's from Boston and that's just how everybody acts? But, but it kind of. But it makes me laugh because when you, when I went back and rewatched it because I did the same thing before this. I just looked at it and was like, that's fashionably male Ben Affleck. I couldn't picture <laughs> not from I could I was not here. My son was watching it. My, my 17-year-old son, we were here watching it uh, the other day. We're sitting here chilling. And he was just like, and I'm laughing. He goes, like, what is so funny? I'm like, he's a seat stuff funny. I'm like, it's Ben Affleck. I'm like, I'm thinking of fashionably male and him wanting to do, you know, have sex with women in uncomfortable positions, like in the backseat of a Volkswagen. In the backseat of a Volkswagen. <laughs> I will say this. I went back after the after I finished watching a Good Will Hunting. I went back to watch the scene in Jan Silent Bob Strikes Back when they're Apple making Good Will Hunting <laughs> Two. That scene is now ten times funnier to me. It's so much better because to me, I, I as a guy who's never seen Good Will Hunting, it's just an absurd scene. Yeah. But now that I know literally everything's a reference to goodwill hunting like all the dialogue they even got the fucking long-haired guy the same guy yeah, the same guy <laughs> in this movie yeah. as well like to me now it's like 10 times more hilarious and then, what, oh and then the next best part that i love about this movie after going back and rewatch it is the love that tom, like tom the ta the teacher's assistant oh yes he had he has to be based off mr smithers from the simpsons <laughs> Possibly, his, he his love for Professor Lambeau and his jealousy towards Will in a lot of the scenes makes me giggle, like hysterically <laughs> giggle. I was waiting for like a weird subplot to happen with that guy. Like I thought he was gonna like sabotage Will or somehow, or, or... Get up in a clock tower. Yeah, like, Rappaport and higher learning. Something so, like, this. like I kept waiting for something to happen with that character, and that kind of actually brings to something I do want to talk about. Is that okay? I'm covering this movie on this podcast. I make this podcast to cover. 90s movies that are influential, that are good, that are my favorites, and whatever. So I feel it's a little controversial to say that I didn't kind of care for it. But I also can see why people like it. I can see why it's great. There are a lot of great performances in this movie, especially Robin Williams. Robin Williams was, like, by far the best actor in the movie. 
<clears throat> so I, I'm, I'm giving it credit where credit is due. This is a good movie. I just didn't care for it. And I probably won't. I'd be good not seeing it ever again. And it's, it's you know, it, that's why I was, when you said that, that you, you watched this all the time and stuff, I felt I, I felt a little bad. Oh, don't feel bad at all. <laughs> You're not going to offend me. Trust me. Nothing offends me. Unless good, me too. Offend me, but, you know, it's not like I watch it all. Like, this is like those sick movies. Like Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's bust these out. You know, I need these. Like these are that's a movie that I I need to go watch because okay. uh, there's something in that movie that's gonna make help me or because I'm not feeling good. You just gotta oh gotcha. this is a movie I'm gonna watch. Like Major League. Major League is one of those movies for me. Okay. That, now see I can get behind that. Okay. You know. <laughs> I do like I do like Major League. I do like Major League. Um but I think what it is is and I don't know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. The movie seems largely plotless. Like it's just the movie seems to be about performances, about you know speeches and dialogues, but there's no real story outside of here's a kid, a kid who's 20, and he's an orphan on the streets of Boston, and but he's a fucking genius, like he's a next level genius. I mean, not only is he good at math, he's like near Sherlock Holmesian. <laughs> <laughs> with the deucing uh, so things i think so <clears throat> i think you're missing the and i'll i don't know if you're missing it or maybe this is the way i see it and maybe i'm missing it but i could see where you're saying that but i think it's more about the character growth like the people that yeah. come to grips with what they're doing like will is coming to grips with being a genius and letting go of what yeah. he's gone through because if you ever <clears throat> gone through any tragedy or anything like that and learning to let go of it is the hardest thing in the world to do. And then Robin Williams holding his wife's, you know, Sean, like his wife, you know, look at that, how quick of a, like that dude will sit here. He's a psychiatrist. He's here to pay. He's paid to listen to you. He's paid to listen to help you. Mm -hmm. The moment Will brings up his wife, it's out the fucking window. I don't give a fuck about my paycheck. You talk bad about my wife again. I promise you, you will not walk out this room. Yeah. And it's about him coming to grips with that. And then Lambeau fucking, all creepy hitting on his students and Tom's love affair for him. <laughs> but it's like Lambeau fucking <clears throat> finally going, oh, I am a complete and utterly selfish prick. Like, I'm always... It, this was about me more than anything. This wasn't about Will. This was about me. Mm -hmm. You know, because I found him. Yeah. I'm going to put him on the map. Yeah, you know? he's the and one... Think, he wants to take credit for finding Will. Exactly. Is what it seems so like, think, yeah. So that movie's more about... <clears throat> it's not. There's not a plot about the movie. I think yeah. it's more about the character's of this movie and their growth is, at yeah of, of going through a, a human emotion like there's a there's multiple human emotions in that plot that you don't see but you kind of have to kind of pick for yourself right it's almost like this is not a a movie to study for plot but more of a study on character arc like how to, yeah. how a character arcs cuz yeah. you're you are right like every character at the beginning of the movie is in a different place at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like all did. of them, almost all of them. Every single one of them, except for Casey Affleck, who <clears> just played who's himself. The, who's just, just the same. The annoying he, brother, he, little brother. He jerks off into a baseball glove. Yeah, it's for cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, I mentioned this at the beginning. Do you know about the making of this movie? Did you look into that? Like, did you? I, okay, so. Just, yeah. A, a peek in the 
a peek into my brain, and everyone who knows me knows this. If I love a movie, I will go on IMDb and read everything about the movie. Okay. I know weird things about movies. <clears throat> okay. So, so I do know about this character, how this was filmed in everything. Okay. Well, so the thing I want to focus on is the how it got made, like the beginning, the beginnings of it to people who might not know. Uh, and then, yeah, we could discuss this cause this, it's very interesting. There's a, there needs to be a, like a bio, like a biopic about how Goodwill hunting got made. Cause this is very interesting. Like an hour and a half documentary or something. <laughs> yeah. Before certain people leave this planet cause we're getting old. Yeah. So, okay. So essentially you know, I'll try to boil this down. So Matt Damon, he's taking a class in Harvard and he's tasked to write a play, but instead of writing a play, he writes a 40 page script. Um, he writes in his current girlfriend, who's a medical student who happened to be named Skylar. Um, now everything that I've read, don't ever say if she was British or not. Uh, or if the casting of, uh, of, um, a mini driver was just a fluke thing, but, uh, he writes the script and he seems to really think he's got something here. Um, he he is friends with this guy named Ben Affleck, who by this point has been in a few movies. He's been in Days of Confused. He's in all the Kevin Smith movies, Mallrats. He's in Chase and Amy. And uh, Matt Damon, you know, asks him to help develop the screenplay together. They finished this in '94. And to everyone out there, get ready to hold on to your hat because when I read this, I was like, "What the fuck." It was written as a thriller about a young man in the rough and tumble streets of South Boston who possesses a superior intelligence and is targeted by the government with a heavy-handed recruitment. <laughs> and I now want to live in the universe where that movie is made. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a War Games movie. Like a rip-off of War Games, if I remember correctly. I just can't believe that there's this draft of Goodwill Hunting where that was the- yeah. That was the story. <laughs> so, do you know who told them to get rid of that part? Um. Uh. Yeah, I read. Oh, yeah, Rob oh, Reiner. Rob Reiner. Because Castle, Castle Rock. Yeah. So hold on. Go ahead. Interrupt. The funny, like, fun fact note. So Skyler, his girlfriend in real life, mm-hmm. broke up with him to go date a famous drummer by the name of Lars Ulrich. From <laughs> okay, that's and hilarious. Matt, and then Matt Damon, after the filming of Goodwill Hunting, or Hunting, 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 went on to date Mini Driver for a little bit, which is weird. That's he, yeah, a little weird. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a bit strange. That is you know, a bit strange. You break this character named Skyler that's based off your ex girlfriend who dumped you for Lars Ulrich, so you start dating the girl who plays her <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I I don't know, man. Uh, fun fact: This I I'm weird. I've told you I'm weird. No, I I welcome the weirdness. So how Rob Reiner got involved is he's the president of uh, Castle Rock Entertainment. They make, you know, basically any Stephen King adaptation from the late 80s, early 90s. Rob Reiner is in charge of that. Uh, In case you didn't know, Rob Reiner made Misery, which is a Stephen King story. And so the script gets into Rob Reiner's hands. Rob Reiner says, hey, drop the, the weird thriller 
superior intelligence and government shit. Drop the NSA part. (laughs) And just make this a drama about Will going to therapy and dealing with his demons and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Fancy filmmaker Terrence Malick uh, then um, tells Ben Affleck and Matt Damon uh, that the movie should end uh, with his decision to follow his girlfriend to California uh, and not leaving them together, which I guess would have been a cliche ending. Um, <clears throat> so then um, it passes hands a few times. Uh, almost Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio get cast as the leads, um, which I, I they don't say who's who, but I could picture Leonardo DiCaprio as Will and Brad Pitt has Ben Affleck's character. I think that's going to kind of have to be because isn't like Brad Pitt's in the 60 and Leo's like 20 years younger, isn't he? So, well, this is back cool. in like the 90s, so. Well, they're. <laughs> so, they... so that would be like Leo just after, uh, what was it? Silver Gilbert Stones? Grape, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so it would be kind of like that aspect. <clears throat> so this, this would have been after Gilbert Grape, but before Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio. And this would have been. Right around the time of Twelve Monkeys, Brad Pitt. So, so yeah, so yeah, so that's so interesting. Be, so he would be the Ben Affleck. Bill Pitt would be Chucky, and yeah, the old that that, Will. that would have to be yeah. So now here's something I didn't know when the movie was rolling at the beginning, and we had credits. I saw the co-produced by Kevin Smith line, and I went, "What the fuck?" Because I had zero idea. That Kevin Smith had anything to do with Goodwill Hunting, which then filled in all the gaps for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and how that whole thing. Well, <laughs> did you also about. notice in Goodwill Hunting uh, the names of the companies that Will goes and interviews for? I think uh-huh. a couple of the names are reference to like Ben Affleck's characters in Kevin Smith movies. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that I did not catch. So you get that you get that reference, and then if I remember, I, I'm sorry. I don't know how many notes you got there. Uh, no, you're, you're not. The, re- the reason why Kevin Smith, I think, kind of got involved was because he got in turnaround at Castle Rock because they wanted to rewrite. <clears throat> yeah, so Castle yeah. Rock kept like messing everything around. Um, was trying to um, do all this stuff that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon didn't really care for, uh, and so Kevin Smith then talked to, and I hate to bring this name up, Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> at Miramax and Harvey Weinstein said, yeah, I want to make this movie. I like the script. So he ends up paying Castle Rock, however much Castle Rock was asking for, bought the script and then Weinstein okayed make this movie. Uh, And here's now out of everything that I've read, this is seriously my favorite part of this whole thing. Everyone, everyone ready. Uh, John, are you ready? This is uh, insane. Weinstein asked that a few scenes be removed, including an out-of-place mid-script oral sex scene. Between Chucky and Will. Do you know why it's there? <laughs> Do you know why it's there? <laughs> Do you know why it's there? No. So Ben Affleck and Will and Matt Damon came up with this idea to stick it on page 60 of their 90-page script for Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Only one person brought it up. Harvey Weinstein. 
he was like, hey, man, I really love this movie, but why is Chuck or why is Will blowing Chucky on page 60? He goes, can we get rid of that? And they're like, sold. We're making this movie with you. And they're like, why is that? And you're like, you're the only one who read the entire script. <coughs> oh, see, so things, that, the thing I read didn't say that. Yeah, it just yeah. has that. No, they did it to see which studio head is actually reading the scripts. Harvey Weinstein actually read the scripts and was like. Of all fucking people. <laughs> Listen, the man's a piece of shit. I am going to say it out loud. The man's a piece of shit. But his hands and his fingers are on so many great movies in the 90s. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree with you 100%. It's really yeah, a shame. Why so that's why that scene is <laughs> – that was written in there. They wrote the, – they so when they reset it out, so when it got turned around to Castle Rock, Castle Rock's like, listen, guys, we love this movie so much. Just get us our money back. Yeah. Just get us our 600000 back. We don't care. And and they went, okay. So they went out and sold the script, and yeah, Harvey Mir- Weinstein called them in and was like, hey. <laughs> and Miramax was like, hey, man, we really love the script. Can we get rid of this part? And they're like – as long as, yeah, we'll get rid of it, but you got to give Castle Rock 600,000, 600, and then went, and uh, the other thing that Harvey, if I read, read correctly, because I'm a mm-hmm. psycho, <laughs> the reason why I got put on Fast Track is because Robin Williams said yes so quickly to it. Yeah. At the same time, Matt Damon got cast in the lead in Rainmaker and Francis Ford Coppola's Rainmaker, which uh, is a John Grisham novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A remake. And when that got approved, Harvey's like, this kid's going to be out of our budget real fucking soon for this movie. Let's get it made. And fast-tracked it. He goes, we're going to put this at the front, get this made real quick, and then you can go make Rainmaker. Gotcha. That's the only way you can do it. So that's why that was got fast-tracked. Last couple things I want to mention about the, the before the making of, then we can get into the movie in itself, is uh, Ben Affleck originally asked Kevin Smith to direct this movie. But Kevin Smith, now this is like mid-90s Kevin Smith, so this is kind of before. I'm still a fan of Kevin Smith, but I admit he's kind of full of himself at this point in time. But this is back in the 90s when he was a little more humble. And he was like, no, we need a good director for this movie. And Kevin only wanted to direct stuff he wrote, which is fair. I can can support that idea. Um, You see Red State. Yeah, um, I have seen Red State. I actually oh, don't man. think it's that bad. I don't think it's that I like, bad. I love Red State. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. But um, so then they eventually uh get Gus Van Sant to direct it, uh, who we've listed a lot of his stuff at the beginning there. So that that's all I got for the pre of the movie was that that and, and everything we just talked about. I swear would make a very intriguing documentary a biopic like something like that that's such a fascinating story that and you can get like mel gibson was involved and that's right yeah mel gibson almost did it you had a laundry list of people that actually touched this movie in five years before between them writing it and getting it done it's crazy yeah exactly yeah exactly so um okay so let's go ahead and talk about the performances because, uh, like I said, this movie's really not plot heavy. Because um, it's literally just it's, here, here's this kid who's smart. He's a janitor, but he's also from South Boston. He gets into a bunch of fights. He meets this girl who's from England. Um, he can't hold on to a relationship. She ends up going to California to go to um, med school. 
and he can't seem to hold on to relationships. He pushes people away. So it becomes a character study, which is fine. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you got to get, this kid's an orphan. This kid was moved into orphanages. He's out foster of homes. Foster yeah. homes for abuse. He was yeah. stabbed. He was cigarettes put out put on, on Yeah, exactly. Like, all t- And God only knows what kind of, have you ever been in a foster home? I've known, I got a friend that went through foster care for a little bit. And he was like, dude, it's insane. He goes, it's, you know, the survival of the fittest sometimes. In those yeah, I, I've, I've considered myself lucky that I never had to go through yeah. all that. I yeah, so you know, <clears throat> if you ever like homeless and all like go through that, man, it's you feel this movie a little bit more. You kind of see that and all that. So that's how I feel in this movie. So I get what you're saying. Like, yep, kind of boring. Fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> well, I didn't. You know? I didn't fully think it was boring. Like, it. I. I wanted to. I just kept watching to see what would happen yeah. next. Like, I wanted to know where this was going. Um, even though. You know it's... <laughs> Yeah, you know, like you know, because I'm, I'm like I'm waiting for a plot, anything plot to happen. Like, like I said, the the assistant Tom to sabotage Will somehow, or you know, Chucky I, falls in love with Skyler as well. Like, you know, I'm waiting for something like yeah. that to happen, and nothing like that ever happens. No, it's just <clears throat> it's just that you you gotta look at the. There's two main characters in that that really you just gotta look at. It's the Robin Williams and the Will yeah, aspect, yeah, 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 yeah. and that, and how they meld kind of together and what they're going through because they're on two opposite sides of their lives right now. You know, Will is coming out of going into adulthood, turning 21, coming out of whatever hellhole that you know was his childhood that mm-hmm. he's. That doesn't transition. Childhood is hard to begin with. Growing up is hard to begin with. You know, we all know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Robin Williams probably finally getting back into the world again, into being alive, because he figured he was just as much dead as his wife. When she left this planet, he figured he'd gone too. So that's how I, you know, that's how I love this, is those develop that plot, that development as the human, you know, human emotion i guess as you could say so this was nominated for nine awards at the academy awards uh it only won two uh interestingly enough matt damon was up for best actor did not win uh mini driver was up for supporting actress did not win uh gus van sant was up for best director did not win uh this was up for best picture it did not win uh, but what did win was Best Original Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor, Robin Williams. Now, before we get into the writing and that, I do want to ask you how you feel about... Well, I already know your opinion on, on Ben Affleck's performance in this movie. So, what's your opinion on Matt Damon's performance in this movie? It was good. Uh, I, think it, Matt was, I think Matt was great in the movie. You know, it was... Before Jason Bourne, Matt obviously, <laughs> so he was like, you know, he's the typical five foot seven, scrawny ass white kid in the movie. Like you're just like, oh, I see you, I see you every day. <laughs> like you know, yeah. but I think Matt Damon was, it was good. You know, I don't see anybody else in that. You can't see anybody else in that role now. Right, even Leonardo you know, DiCaprio. I, I can't even picture that. You can't. <laughs> I don't think you can picture anybody else in that role now. Uh, you can kind of maybe Mitch and match. A couple pieces, but pieces there, here and there, but yeah, uh, 
I think Robin Williams was phenomenal. I think that was a great yes. build up from Dead Poet Society, and I mean that was his pinnacle. I think, which you know, it sucks that he's no longer here. I uh, I agree. It's a shame he you know, passed God, away. Can you imagine the stand up that that man could be coming up with right now? <laughs> yes. I'm looking at the stand up part. Yeah, yeah. Going through COVID and all. Oh my God. We needed him. Him and Carlin right now. We need both of them right now. But I, it just, <laughs> oh, be- I think it was, but his performance in there was really good. I think it was fantastic. Like him telling the baseball scene. Yeah. Yeah. His wife. Yes. And uh, his, ad, like, the ad lib. Like, I don't like if he caught, like, the camera shaking of him telling about his wife farting in bed. I don't think I thought about it, but I was so, laughing, so I don't know. Okay, so when you go if you go back and rewatch it and pay attention to this Mr. Smithers, Tom. Uh-huh. Pay attention to how Ben Affleck's over the top little performances of Ben Affleck. <laughs> okay. Because, okay, so did you watch the Super Bowl? Okay, you're not a sports guy, so you didn't watch the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl, but again, only for the commercials, and then I was kind of in and out. So, okay, I don't know if you see him cut to Ben Affleck and his girlfriend dancing. Jennifer Lopez dance. I noticed. I did notice that they were at the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Did you see like the awkward white boy dance? Okay, <laughs> I did. Like, I okay, did kind of. Like, I did kind of. Like, yeah. okay, his performance is kind of like that. In certain, <laughs> like the tracksuit. The, the the whole. It's like oh man. But that's a Boston but, thing. That makes sense for him to do that. I know it's a Boston <laughs> thing, but it just because it's been ad flight. You're like holy shit, reindeer games. What the fuck, man. <laughs> I just don't know what to do, man. But and then Casey Affleck was just they literally went like this. I think this is how they like, we need a little brother. And Ben's like, I'll just get Casey. Let me go get my little brother. And they're like, hey man, sit in this chair. We're gonna act out the scene. You just be you. Like, <laughs> okay. Like the what is it? When he went and called Skylar, or like he called Skylar hung up in the rain. Oh like, yeah. Scene, oh and yeah. He goes, why don't we just get off mothers? Can I just got off yas? Like, yeah. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> and we all had that little brother, that friend with that little brother that hung oh, up. Oh, yeah. You just wanted to fucking bat, that, that scene right there. Like, Casey, you were there because they couldn't get anybody else. And we appre- <laughs> But he's had a hell of a career after that. Fair. Then, that is true. Oh, oh Cole Hauser. How many how many sentences does he have in this movie? Five. Uh, I don't. I I like five. <laughs> he didn't really speak. And I think like the first three scenes he was in, he's like hiding his face. I swear, he had his head drunk. down. He's drunk. <laughs> he's drunk in his first three scenes. And his opening line in the movie is ten minutes in, and his opening line, which cracks me up, is, "Hey." Who, hey Morgan, who's the chick in the zebra pant, uh, zebra or zebra <laughs> pants? She's got a great ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You go. T- okay, now you're gonna go back and watch this movie. You're like, this movie's actually fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> John might have been onto something. Maybe this Dude, is a good movie. It's, it's so fucking over, <laughs> like the dumb shit that's over the top. But then you have Robin Williams there just to balance it out. Even fucking Skarsgård in his yeah. creepy being a teacher. Listen, he's being creepy. When his student comes up and is like, hey, it's Saturday. And, and he's like, it's Saturday. Go, go do something else unless you want to have a drink with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And But then she said, maybe, maybe. later. Maybe. <laughs> and then, 
when he's at the psychiatrist's office, just like talking all mathematics, all sexual to that one student. She's yeah. Like, hey, Donald Sutherland and or Donald Sutherland and Animal House, let's take it fucking easy, there, buddy. Yeah. I mean, why else would you become a mathematician? professor at MIT if not to pick up chicks. I mean, come on. All right. How many women do you know that are drop-dead gorgeous if I come up and start say, talking Pythagorean theorem, get wet, and are going to drop their pants for me? I can think of two. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, all right. So those as the performances. Sorry. I uh, I'm going to – no, no, no. <laughs> You're, you know what? It's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool. I, I, I'm digging this conversation. Okay, so I want to save Robin Williams' performance for last because I think that deserves its own thing. Let's get to the writing. This was written by Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Um, two kind of, at the time, unknown kids from Boston. Ben Affleck kind of had a movie career. He, he was in a few movies at this point. Matt so Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, you know, he's going Field to school. Green. He's going to school. He he's learning oh. to write and stuff. He writes the script, and then they both work on this script together. And then they win an Academy Award for original screenplay. And haven't wrote anything <laughs> together since. Yeah, that's also really weird too. So, is, what's your thought? Yeah, what's your thoughts on that whole process? So that's I think it's so the funny thing is like them. So if you ever like here he goes being a psycho again. Uh, he was supposed to be not a mathematician. He was supposed to be like a physics nut or something okay. crazy like that. And it's like, and his teacher's like, make it math. <laughs> and then Ben Affleck. I mean, Ben Affleck. He, what? He, see, he's gone on and wrote what the town or not the town. Argo, he wrote a few. Yeah, he, he wrote a few things. He's, but I think I like Ben Affleck more as a, his writing directing style than I actually I think it's great I think they're great writers actually now that I'm kind of you kind of threw that question at me and I didn't think about that when you, you were going to do that um, that's what I do <laughs> that's a great one but now that I'm trying to think at the top of my head Matt Damon's done a couple other writings uh, I think but I think Ben Affleck would be the better writer of the two yeah and so when it came according out, to oh, according to this Ben Affleck has written the following movies Gone Baby Gone Yes. Uh, the town, yeah. the yeah. town, uh, and then most recently the last duel. Didn't see um, that one yet. And then something called Live. Oh, Live by Night. I remember that movie. He lived, wrote Live by Night. I completely uh, forgot about that movie existing. But yeah, that is not. Maybe I want to. I want to walk that one back. Live yeah, that was not great. Uh, uh, I'm been. not even. I forgot it existed till I just looked at this Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> I forgot about the 1930s prohibition. That's exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's, so that's the stuff that Ben Affleck wrote. But you're right. It's very interesting. They didn't write anything else together. They haven't. But they've started. They 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 were just in the last duel together. They've been in a couple of other movies, but they haven't yeah. wrote anything else together. But they're best friends. They're best friends. They got an Oscar for writing. And, and they haven't wrote anything since. <laughs> Maybe they they're like, we can't top this. There's no way we can follow this up. Let's just stop. <laughs> what is done? We're batting a thousand. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Yeah. It's like the dude who gets one bat, major league, hits the grand slam, drop mic, exit stage left, we're done. That's it. Yeah, we're, 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 what, how, what, we're, what, we're going to get two Oscars? That ain't never going to happen. Let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> we already got the original screenplay. 
original screenplay. We'll get best actors and directors later. Actors, so. yeah, exactly. It's I think exactly. Ben Affleck does have a best director for Argo, doesn't he? Uh, let me. Uh, you're probably right. I think he did. I shit on Ben Affleck, but he's had a hell of a career. Like, oh, just, the dude's got a crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, um, I don't know what I want to say. Career performance arc. Yeah, um, he did win best pitcher. He won best pitcher for Argo. He did not it. win best director. Okay. Uh, he did win a BAFTA award for best directing. That was for um, Gone Baby Gone. And wasn't it? no, that was for Argo. Uh, Argo got it at the Golden Globes, gotcha. but yeah. Um, so and the town that's a phenomenal <clears throat> movie too. God, Ben Aff- I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, for shitting on you so badly earlier. Like it's <laughs> weird, right? Like we want to make fun of Ben Affleck, but then he's actually had this amazing career. It's I, <laughs> he might be, and hear me out when I say that he might be like the '90s, like. Late to like the 2000s version of like Tom Cruise of the 80s, like 80s, 90s. I like, can you see that. shit on Tom Cruise movies, but you go back and watch Days of Thunder and Top Gun, and you're in. There's yeah. a good movie, so it's yeah, kind of hold yeah. up. But Ben Affleck's kind of you want to shit on him, but you can't because they've had good careers. He's he's had it, he, he's an amazing career, yeah, absolutely, you know, but absolutely. So, all right, let's let's go ahead and do this. Let's rip the band aid off, Robin Williams. The best part of the movie, I think. He was the best the best part of the movie. He, <clears throat> there's no other person that could do that part. I agree with on that. Yes, absolutely. There's, if you don't get... So, weird thing is, they wanted Morgan Freeman, I think, mm. as Sean. Mm. And you look back at that's not Morgan Freeman. That's not... I can't see Morgan Freeman doing any that of that. That is Robin Williams. <clears throat> there's no... Ha- that performance by Robin Williams is hands down marquee the best that how to kind of just it's so beautiful like I tear up thinking about it because now he's gone yeah he has yeah yeah best, yeah and he has the best line in the movie the last line in the movie is the best line in the movie anybody that's seen it is agreeing with me and it was ad-libbed mm. his he was so so good at ad-libbing and just doing those little things yeah. that made that would take a performance from here to here just and it would be a movement it would be just one and a little word he would say and it would be perfect you know like mm-hmm. uh, i don't know like the last part like everyone that's seen the movie so he ad-libbed the last part where will leaves him the note he goes down and says hey blah 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 tell professor lambo thanks for the job if he asks Tell him how to go see about a girl. And he turns around, he looks at the note, he smiles, he hits it, and he goes, Son of a bitch took my line. And <laughs> walks back inside. Movie roll credits. Great yeah, movie. yeah. And that's the best. If you look at that and you just smile, because that's the Robin Williams that you know from his specials, wrapping up, know from his movies, just that little one off it's kind of like the bill murray just that one little that cherry on top i'm out yeah yeah i it's it's great he got the last line in the movie and it's that line um but like from the first time he's introduced to that last line i was like transfixed on his performance He, he he gave the best performance in that movie 
uh, hands down, uh, he deserved to win that award. <clears throat> you go back and rewatch this movie, which you might now because I you like you keep making me. You keep making me. You know, which you might now because you're like, oh, there's some humor in here. I'll get it now. So, so that scene where Will picks is tearing his painting apart, just cutting him down. Yeah, and he snaps on his wife. And the look in his eye, there's hatred. Yeah. I don't know where he got it from. I guess that was him missing cocaine days. Hatred. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's real. No, that's real. no. I think just Rob Williams is just that good of an actor. I think he just knew how to turn that on. I mean, you just thought about Popeye set when it got blown away. You're like, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh. No, and but um, a, you know. That scene, that scene there, when he does that, the last scene, and there was one other one I can't think of. Oh, where he hugs the. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> and then yeah, the, and then the baseball scene. There's every yeah. fucking scene with Rob. You're right. Every scene with Rob. Williams it is every scene that he was Everyone, in was just. I consider mm, rattle it off. He when he was fighting with uh with the professor, uh dude like mm-hmm. best that was great. Um, their therapy sessions. Each one of their sessions was amazing. Even um, when they weren't talking, they weren't talking. He was just sitting there, and you know, and you see him just acting. He's acting as a guy who's like, I cannot talk first. I have to let him talk first. I have, I have to beat him at his own game. Yeah, so I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna be patient. I'm not gonna get mad. I'm not gonna provoke him. I'm just gonna sit here. I'm just gonna whistle a tune. I'm just gonna Take stare at him, and whatever. then yeah, and even just doing that is just. Like the best acting I've seen. Just Robin Williams doing nothing is like the best best acting ever. <laughs> he could have rode off in the sunset and that would have been it's one of his top it has to be with top five best performances. I'm gonna agree with you on that. Yes. It, uh, yeah. I yeah. Even though he wanted to work like but <clears> I can <throat> think of other Robin Williams movies where I'm like, you know, Mrs. I'm sorry, Mrs. Doubtfire is probably one of my favorite Robin Williams movies because it was there. No, I'm, I agree with you. Know, you. I agree with you. You know, <laughs> uh, you can rattle better performance at Robin Williams, but this one is one of those. You know, if you want a ha- serious Robin Williams movie, it's One Hour Photo. Have you ever seen One yes, Hour Photo? That is fucking dark. phenomenal. Dark. <laughs> it's yes. Great. And he is amazing in that movie, and yeah, it's she, it's dead serious. Like I don't think he even uh, cracks a joke in that movie. It's dead no, serious. When he becomes like he, like the stalker of the family, if I remember correctly. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kind of just has that snap moment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That movie is one of those movies. Where, like I went, okay, I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Because it's, like, so dark. It's fucked. It is fucked up. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All right, yeah, Robin Williams. We're going to miss him, man. God. I was kind of sad watching it, just thinking that Robin Williams is not around anymore. And, you know, know, yeah, I agree with you, the comedy specials. But just to see what else he could have done acting-wise. I I watched one of his – I was on – I watched one of his specials at – Oh, probably about two weeks ago, and it was how perfect it was the weapons of mass destruction or laps of mass destruction special that he did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was so brilliant and so perfect, and I couldn't imagine what he would put out today. I know, and right? The trying times that we are going through through this world. Yes, exactly. Funny. 
Exactly. Now, okay, I don't want to. I, I just remembered something. I don't want to be accused of being sexist. Let's talk about Mini Driver, just so we're not like, why are you talking about Mini Driver? I love Mini Driver. Let's talk about Mini Driver before we wrap up. Okay. <laughs> so I don't get yelled at for forgetting about the only woman that mattered in this movie. Oh, yeah, um, we almost skipped that. Sorry. Yeah. Our bad. Our bad. So let, let's get into it. Yeah, Mini Driver, what do you think of her performance? I thought she did a good job. I liked I her job. I love Mini Driver. It, Here's the thing about Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver plays one performance, and she plays Skyler from Goodwill Hunting in every performance. Because <laughs> that's Minnie Driver. Um, if you see any other movie with Minnie Driver, which there aren't a lot, I think, yeah. you know, well, there yeah. are a lot. She's had a good career, too. Not to shit on her, but yeah, I think she did a phenomenal job. I think, I think the scenes, her best scenes, in my opinion, in those was when she's dragging Will, like dragging those feelings out of Will, like dr- trying to yeah. drag the truth out of him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, tell me about your book, like at the racetrack, tell me about your family. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's making up, she was like, no, you're going to tell me. Or, no, I do want to know this because I'm falling from you. You need to open up to me because yeah. I am tired of being this being a one-way road. You're coming with this whether you fucking like it or not or you're getting off. Mm-hmm. And those are her very great scenes with her, and those dorm room scenes with her. Of those, those when are the she, scenes I really like. When when he he says I don't love you, and he walks out, and she breaks down. That's yeah. man, that was heartbreaking right there, just to see that. That yeah, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, those are those are, and then I think, the, and then the scene, like when they're at their first date scene, when they're at the cafe, where they're eating, and the then they kiss, kiss. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I know you've been thinking about it, motherfucker. So let's just get it out of the way. You know what I mean? Let's just do this. Let's She's just like, do oh, it. She's like, how you think about it, kids? I'm looking to get laid. She goes, well, that's not happening. Let's just make out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, man. And then, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the, but so many drivers did do good. Like, those scenes, like, I really like with her in those. But, you know, like I said, I, I love the movie overall. I'm just a weirdo like that. Yeah, no, I mean, nah, it's not a weird, not weird at all. It's, it's fine. I mean, shit, I've I've dedicated I don't know how many podcasts to movies and overanalyzing oh. movies. So, but you're you're fine. Listen, I overanalyze movies more, probably just as much <clears throat> as you do. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I made a whole series about '90s movies yeah. for crying out loud. So, uh, so okay, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything else? Last thoughts about so, Goodwill here, Hunting? You want to say I like final tell you, thoughts? So I've never seen this. Ever spoken about Gil Good Will Hunting? Holy shit! I need to learn how to speak again. <laughs> it's been a long day for you, I guess. <laughs> eh, nothing more, nothing more than normal. Uh this is what I know. The thing I like, Gus Van Sant, like the subtleties in his movies. If you've ever watched, go back and rewatch Psycho and his subtleties in those movies that he does that you probably never noticed. And this is something I just noticed. And I've never seen anybody say this, and it's a subtlety about Will. In his moving on, his transition in the movie, and it's such a, and this is a, such a good transition. I never noticed. So at the beginning of the movie, you see him like they shoot like the neighborhood shots of him riding the trains and stuff like that. Right. Will's always look, has his head down, like just his head down. Like I've seen these neighborhoods. I know what I'm doing. This ain't my stop. Just a normal, like this is his life. He's just getting that routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he has that final snap with. Uh, Sean, when he realizes that his childhood wasn't his fault, that he can be a good person, that he can move on. He sits up. He's looking out the windows. He's paying attention to his neighborhood. 
because then right then and there, he's taking his last photos in his mind because he's leaving. He's going to be with Skylar. That's a beautiful moment in my mind with this movie. So, Damn, I think I think you are making me want to rewatch this. Like, now. That's, <laughs> one, that's one of those things, and like, and it's a Gus fan stand, and that's a Gus fan stand. That has to be a Gus fan stand. That's a director movement, in my opinion. That's a that you're probably a right. Yeah, because that's not written in a scene. That's one of those little subtleties that Van Zandt I think brought to this movie. Yeah, and I think I don't know who won best, what movie won best director that year, but I can't remember what it was unless it's something was something out of the park i can't believe Gus i didn't get can it. probably tell Go you ahead. in a second uh best director uh of course they want to give me all of them i'm probably gonna edit out this pause so if you're gonna okay. say something very controversial this would be a good time to say it now oh i listen <laughs> if i haven't said something controversial yet we're good oh that's right okay it was james cameron won for titanic that year I didn't know that because I covered Titanic on the show. (laughs) James Cameron. For Titanic. Terminator. Terminator 2. Aliens. Aliens. True Lies. After that, overrated. Fuck Avatar. I'm not a fan of Avatar. Avatar is hot <clears throat> garbage. I don't even know why they're making eight of them. <clears throat> I don't okay. know why either. And it's taking like 20 years to make the sequel. See, you were gonna say, here I said I wasn't going to say anything controversial. Fuck. <laughs> God, I hate, Titanic is a shit dump of a fucking movie. <laughs> you did know I covered that movie on this very podcast. Uh, I hope you know no, that. I know. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I fine. Hate, You're entitled to your opinion. It's perfectly hate, okay. Hey, at least it gave us Leo. And Kate <laughs> Winland with boobs. That's it. Yep, sex is big. There it is. I am a just sussy person. It's fine. That's it. That's all well, it gave us. I knew the movie. I the quite, I've quite enjoyed Titanic. I talked about it on that episode. and Wait, Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. And I talk about that on the Titanic episode. I said, I don't know why I like Titanic, but I don't like dramatic movies. I have come clean about this already. You need to catch up. (laughs) I've already admitted that. I have admitted that. I am clean of guilt. I have said it already. I'm waiting for my wife to come busting through the fucking drive. Why are you yelling? And I'll be like, this motherfucker likes Titanic over Goodwill Hunting, and then she's going to get involved, and then you're fucked. All right? I've been on that rap. She is a woman who is hot, and she thinks that movie is it's fine it's okay i don't care if you get mad about it hey best part about titanic billy zane billy zane got to play i've admitted yes and (laughs) i've said okay i'm going to repeat myself just just for your benefit i enjoy titanic mainly because of the disaster aspect of it (laughs) so if that's why I like Titanic. I could I could take or leave the romantic part of it. Billy Zane is the best part, one of the best He's parts of the movie. He's such a but prick. I'm not a fan of the romance part. 
but once the whole iceberg hits, the ship starts going down. You have to admit, that is some of the best cinematography of that movie to show the ship sinking the way it broke in half, the way you see the people falling off the ship. All that stuff, is, I think, is wonderfully shot and directed. It's perfectly fine if you don't like it. It's fine. But this is the stuff that I had to admit to myself when I made that episode of Titanic a few weeks back with oh. my friend. <laughs> so that's why I like Titanic. Okay? All right. Okay. <laughs> All right? Okay. I, okay. <laughs> I will give you it's beautifully shot when the ship sinks. Yes. Billy Zane is a prick. Billy Zane's the best part. Kate Good Winslet's luck. boobs. And Kate Winslet's boobs. Other than yes. that... I the romance hot part I can dump, take or leave. That's fine. Hot dump of a movie. But Goodwill okay. hunting give me every day of the week. Over Titanic. All right. All righty. Do you have uh, any other things you need to say about Goodwill I, hunting? Obviously, I really do enjoy this movie. <laughs> I, I, yes, like I said, you picked it out of the list uh, that dude, I, I, I love sent. This. I, and I tell you, it's a great. It, it, if you look. See, I'm, so you, me, I have to. I my brain thinks clearly way different. But if you, it has the humor, it has those characters, and it does have a plot. You just have to. Kind of, <laughs> now you get you, mad at me. You have to think for yourself. We've became we've become friendly in the last hour, so now you're getting mad at me. No, you were polite you in the beginning because we were strangers, no, but now don't. that we've went through this hour long journey, you're like, you know what? We're friends now. I'm just gonna go ahead and yeah. tell him honestly. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you yeah. for yeah. not finding a plot and goodwill. goodwill. I'm glad you're finally opening up. Uh, <laughs> it took an hour, but I finally it? got you though. Hey, hey, hey. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> if you're here, I would do the cross bro hug with you right now, but you're not. Let's do it, man. Let's bro do it. Let's do it. You know what? I'll be there in seven hours. All right, keep the four light on for hey, me. Four hours, man. You're four hours away. Whatever I I, I I made up a number. Hey, All right, hey. <laughs> I had fun doing this with you. Thank you Man, so I much. Uh, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Uh, let's see. You can find us on all wonderful Lost Losers podcast on all wonderful podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Lost Losers podcast on the YouTube channel. You can find us on Rumble, uh, LostLosers.com. Uh, loss underscore losers on Twitter, loss underscore loser underscore podcast on Instagram, and loss losers podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us and come hang out. We're fucking just point out the fucking hypocrisies in the world and trying to tell funny stories about the weird shit that happens in our day, man. That's all we're doing. So, all right, John, I had a lot of fun talking to you about Goodwill Hunting. Thanks uh, for dude, doing it. Appreciate it anytime, man. I had so much fun, Jason, and anytime. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Rabbit Hole Pod, R-B-B-T-H-O-L-E-P-O-D. Until next time, I'm Jason Soto, and remember... Wear sunscreen. Copyright 2022 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com.